Hello, and welcome to the Space Weather Facts and Forecast podcast. I'm Isaac Brigman, amateur space weather enthusiast, and I'll be giving you the current space weather conditions, a forecast for the upcoming week, and telling you all about fascinating space weather phenomena. Stay tuned. Space weather has been kind of up and down lately. There are currently no less than seven numbered active regions on the solar disk, but they are all either alpha or beta regions, and none of them seem to really pose much of a flare threat. There have been some occasional small C-class crackles, but they have all been short duration and no storms were launched. There's not a lot going on on the far side either, judging from far side maps and recent CMEs and so it's not likely that any active regions of note will rotate onto the Earth-facing disk in the next few days. As for coronal holes, there are currently four numbered ones, and an unnumbered one on the Sun's north pole. Holes number 10 and 12 are beginning to turn off the west limb after having sent us a high-speed stream that surprisingly bumped us up to KP6 for a while a few days ago, and that is still keeping us at a high solar wind speed. Hole number 13 is very far south on the sun, and will almost certainly not affect us. Hole 14, however, is worth keeping an eye on. It is a fairly large hole on the eastern part of the disk, snaking across the sun's equator from north to south. It has yet to turn towards Earth, and so I think that we can easily expect a high-speed stream from it in the next week or so. The current geomagnetic conditions are quiet. We're sitting at a KP1, with a total interplanetary magnetic field strength of 4.5 nt, and the BZ is holding steady at around 2 to 3 nt north. The solar wind density is extremely low, only 0.7 protons per centimeter cubed, and the only condition at all of note is the solar wind speed of about 555 kilometers per second. That's probably due to the previously mentioned coronal hole number 10 and 12 high-speed stream but the wind speed looks to be declining back to normal at the moment. The geomagnetic forecast for the next week is also moderately quiet, but with a chance for some storms later in the week. No CMEs are on their way to Earth, and so unless anything changes, our only chance of a storm will come from coronal hole 14's high-speed stream. The hole should be facing Earth within 4-5 to days, and then a couple of days after that, so about a week from now, the high-speed stream should arrive. I think that a minor storm, KP5, will not be unlikely, with a small chance for moderate KP6 storm as well. So if you're an aurora chaser at high latitudes, and of course if it's dark enough out, definitely keep your batteries charged. We could see some shows in about a week. And for lower latitudes, well, the chance of aurora is quite small, but it'll be worth keeping an eye on the data, just in case. Thanks for listening to the forecast. Now it's time to talk about this week's featured space weather phenomena. In this podcast, I'll be diving into coronal holes. So to understand coronal holes, we must first learn about the sun's corona. The corona is the outermost layer of the sun's atmosphere, made of plasma, which is hot ionized gas. It has an extremely low density, making it very dim, 
despite being much hotter than the rest of the sun. And it's still a mystery to astronomers why it's hotter. The solar wind originates in the corona because this heat gives some particles enough energy to escape the sun's gravity and fly out into space as the solar wind. And due to the dimness of the corona, it is only observable by blocking out the rest of the sun, which is either during a total solar eclipse or by using a coronagraph, a sun-blocking telescope attachment. Or it's also observable by looking at the sun in extreme ultraviolet wavelengths of light, wavelengths that are not visible to the human eye. The corona is bound to the sun in a couple of ways. It is bound partially by gravity, but also by the sun's magnetic field. So normally this field is closed around the sun, meaning that the magnetic loops go out from the sun and then return, forming an arc. And so that closed field binds the hot gas of the corona to the sun. However, this is not the case if a coronal hole is present. More detail about that in just a minute. It is not known exactly how and why coronal holes form. One theory is that they appear at the sites of old sunspots, but that's really only a guess. It is known, however, that they are much more likely to appear in the years around solar minimum, but they definitely still can show up at any time of the cycle. Coronal holes are the source of streams of fast, often even twice as fast as normal, solar wind. These streams are known as coronal hole high-speed streams, CHHSS for short. The enhanced wind happens because of the makeup of the holes. As I previously mentioned, the sun's magnetic field normally forms arcs on the surface. But at the site of a coronal hole, the magnetic field stretches out into space instead of returning to the sun. This means that the corona at this site is only bound to the sun by gravity not by magnetism anymore, and this makes it better able to stream out into space as enhanced solar wind. When this wind arrives at Earth, it often leads to a minor geomagnetic storm, Kp5, but if it's strong enough, it definitely can produce a moderate storm, Kp6, as well. To detect the arrival of a coronal hole, HSS, certain signatures can be observed. Specifically, there must be a slow, multi-hour increase in wind speed, temperature, and density, as well as in total interplanetary magnetic field strength. This is due to the passage of what is known as a co-rotating interaction region, or CIR, that is in front of the true HSS high-speed stream. I'll explain those in a minute. After this, the speed will normally continue to increase to its peak, while the density and IMF strength decline as the coronal hole high-speed stream moves past Earth. A co-rotating interaction region is essentially a region of compressed solar wind that precedes the high-speed stream. It forms as the fast wind of the high-speed stream pushes through the slower surroundings. As this happens, the slower wind directly in front of the high-speed stream becomes more and more compressed, gaining both density and interplanetary magnetic field strength, leading to the signatures discussed above. Coronal holes also tend to be much more stable than sunspots. They can last weeks or even often months. This means that, that they can survive multiple solar rotations, and so if a hole has rotated off of the west limb, its return and accompanying geomagnetic storms 
can be forecasted with reasonable accuracy. This forecasting can be very useful, especially to satellite and power grid operators, as well as to aurora chasers, letting us know even weeks in advance of upcoming geomagnetic storms, compared to a mere day or less with CMEs, so that precautions can be taken and the technology protected. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe and share it. This podcast will be available on the second Saturday of every month on major podcast platforms. See you next time.